Welcome back, everyone, once again to a new installment of Screenplay Rewind. I'm Jeff. I'm Ron. And what are we covering this week? We are covering Tremors 2 Aftershocks. Oh, shit. Which is a perfect fucking title. That's a pretty good title. It's a pretty good title. It's pretty strong. I don't think... I don't think we have any questions for this week. Did you have any questions to go? I did. I did, I, I did not. I did not check the email actually. Okay. Now that you mention it, uh, let's see. I may mean, just. I don't think we had anything. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we thought of this ahead of time. I'm glad that we are all. Yeah, we have no emails. <laughs> yeah, so. no new email. Check that out. There, there you, oh, there you go. No. But I do have an announcement before we get started. Oh God. We're finally on Stitcher. If that's, what, if that's what the people have been wanting, we are finally on Stitcher one year later. Thank you, Stitcher, for finally getting the fuck around to it. So did we have a like customer support complaint just pending for a year and a half? Is that what happened? I put in a couple and nothing ever happened. First, I signed up. I said, this is our RSS. I claimed the show. All that all went through the process. And then it said... Every, every one of these processes has all been the same. They all, there's an email address in our RSS feed, which is screenplayrewind at gmail.com. And they send you a link and you click it and they're like, hey, what do you know? That is your show. Here you go. And they give you access to all the stats on it and everything. Uh, that email never came from Stitcher. Mm-hmm. And I did it several times and it never came from Stitcher. And it just kept saying, click the link in the email we sent. I need the email to click the link. No, you don't. And I like I checked all of our spam folders. I checked everything. Got nothing. I emailed them, emailed them, emailed them. Finally, I said, fuck it. And then later, I was like, I feel bad saying fuck it because Stitcher is a really popular thing. People like what they like. They like having their stuff in one place if someone's listening to us on Spotify, but they wanted it in Stitcher. Like, eh. So I emailed them again. But this time, it was because I couldn't log in. Huh. Since we didn't have a show on Stitcher, quote-unquote, it's there. We I mean, just we really don't have a show, just yeah. in general. You can just stop it at there. And it wouldn't it wouldn't let me log in. And if I tried to sign up, we're already signed up. And then eventually the login just said, you need to email us to log in. So I literally sent an email to them and said, it says I need to email you to log in. Okay, thanks, bye. And then I got back... Oh, yeah, there's an issue on our end. It's fixed now. It looks like you never clicked the link in the email. It was literally in the email. (laughs) And I was like, fuck you. But when I signed in, everything was there. And all the stats were there. And it was like, it never happened. So weird. Yeah. Well, to all you Stitcher folks, Heather, you're welcome. I I, I don't even understand how Stitcher works. I don't fully understand how Spotify works because I'm such a boomer. (laughs) <laughs> I don't get stuff. I don't get Spotify. I Spotify use, confuses and terrifies me, and I just huddle in the corner. I use Pocket Casts because uh, podcast. We're, we're on Pocket like, Casts. Yeah, I, I use Pocket Casts because the one I was using on Android is like apparently not on Apple for some reason. Huh. So I just switched to that one. And I think it's Podcast Addict was the thing that I used, and then it's like magically hey, not on iPhone. I believe we are on Podcast Addict as well. Oh. There you go. Google, Apple, Overcast is what I was thinking of. Pocket Cast, Stitcher, Amazon. Did I say Spotify yet? Spotify. Um, we're on Audible, but when I go to claim it, 
It just brings me back to the Amazon Prime Music page, and I don't know what that means. It's probably because we need to do ads for Stamps.com, and then after that, <laughs> we can be live on Audible. This is Audible. Welcome to Screenplay Rewind. <laughs> this is a 30-year-old recording. <laughs> <laughs> So it's fucking stupid. Oh, uh, but yeah. Oh man. Well, there you go. All you twelve people on Stitcher, you're welcome. Uh huh. So now we can be not listened to on even one more platform. <laughs> I should uh, probably. Yeah. I should probably go claim the rest of it. I haven't claimed Pocket Cast yet. You should do that. I should probably do that. But yeah, uh, Ron, why don't you, uh, because basically what we were going to do was you do our traditional thing of alternating episodes, but since uh, you had spoken previously about how your next episode was going to be over Tremors 2, we just kind of combined them together and did a little, little two for special little franchise coverage of Tremors 2. So Ron, tell us what made you uh, decide to include the sequel on the show. Tremors, brah. <laughs> Trevors, bruh. <laughs> Yes, uh, this is my favorite of the franchise. It is also the one I believe I saw first. It's the one that was on TV the most, and then occasionally you could catch the first one. As a kid, I always thought this was a better movie than the first one. As an adult, I don't know. I think they're pretty equal. I think just like The Mummy and The Mummy Returns, I think this is the rare example of a sequel being as sharp as the first one. Interesting, because um, I think the first one's better in each of those instances. Really, I yeah. think the Mummy Returns but is I, but, just as good as the Mummy. But I like Mummy Returns, uh, despite its PS One level fucking graphics <laughs> for the Scorpion King. And Unfortunately, I, 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 we get some of that in this movie as well when we need full body motion from the uh, the Shriekers. But true, but it was like made in 1996, and it was. From like what I'm reading on Wikipedia, is they like they tried to crowbar in like a theatrical release, but this was essentially on a direct to DVD budget, so I can't really fault it for that much. I I have a lot more issues with the Mummy Returns Scorpion King CGI being a fully budgeted like summer blockbuster looking like that than Tremors Two. I think Tremors Two looks you know fine for the time, but yeah, it's a uh... It's a it's a good movie. I'm not saying I'm not not talking shit. Like I was saying, I like both of those sequels. I just think the first one is better in each instance, personally. What's funny too is as a kid, um, I preferred uh, Grady over Val, but as an adult, that's totally backwards. Really? Yeah. I, I think I, I he kind of grows in me a little bit by the end, but for the first like 30 minutes, I'm just like, can we feed him to the grab boys, please? <laughs> He's definitely there for the people that didn't watch the first one. Yeah. <laughs> He, all he does is recap everything we know. Yeah, he just is, you know, like the uh, idiot, the character that needs everything explained to him so the audience can get explained to. He's the city slicker, right? That yeah. That's his thing. He's the New Yorker, cab driver, city slicker, out here hunting giant worms in the country. So, yeah. Um, this movie also introduces something I mentioned a moment ago called the Shriekers. Oh, full spoilers for Tremors 2. Full spoilers. Um, there you go. I this, remembered. I like the idea of the Shriekers. I like the concept of the Shriekers. I like the concept of the Graboids uh, going through metamorphosis. Uh, I believe that that is where everybody originally may, might have intended for the evolution to stop. Tremors 3 loses me with the ass blasters, dude. Uh, and yes. in, in creating the life cycle. Because this movie, they throw in the hermaphrodites, right? 
But in the third movie, all of a sudden, no, the Shriekers become the Ass Blasters. Ass Blasters drop eggs, which are new Graboids, which become Shriekers, which become new Ass Blasters. So on and the so The third forth. movie's a mess. Like, the third really movie is. is a huge mess. Um, but yeah. Which makes sense. I think you had talked about how pretty much all the the writing, directing, producing people behind it were not present for the third one. It's kind of makes sense. Uh, I believe they drop off after the fourth one is what we just saw. Let me see. Uh, yeah. Um, Brent uh, Maddock and S.S. Wilson and Nancy Roberts are credited for the story on Tremors 3. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. So the producers say the same. Or actually as? Story. Okay. It just says story. Um. Tremors 4, Ron Underwood's name is tacked back on it, along with Wilson and Maddock, which is people from the first two movies. Um, and after 4, all three of those names go away. There's no more Wilson, Maddock, or Underwood. It's interesting, because like 3 is just such a nosedive compared to the first two. I would have bet my life that... Maddock and Wilson were out of gas, I'm guessing. Yeah. So it just came. What the? It was what just little they had paycheck. left exploded out of their ass. Apparently. Apparently. But then it was oddly enough, as Wilson comes back to direct the fourth one. Yeah, and Underwood comes back uh, for the story on the fourth one, I believe. Yeah. Then you but, said that one was a lot. I think you said that one was like you know obviously all the sequels aren't nearly as good as the first two, but then you say that one was better than three. I think that one's better than three. Um. They, uh, it, it's a period piece. It's a Western. It's the shortly after perfection is founded. It's a mining town mm-hmm. and the mine uncovers something weird. Uh, these weird rock looking things that turn out to be graboid eggs. And there's a whole, whole mine full of them. Yeah. So yeah, that still, starts the events of the. That starts the events of that movie, and uh, yeah, you can tell they didn't get them all, otherwise the first movie doesn't happen. Yep. That's always the problem with like prequels. Yes. Yeah. You, you know, there's only so much big, you can do. I think the big like climactic third act is going to the mine to take out the nest, and I'm like, guys, I know where this is going. <laughs> Uh, or like, <laughs> there's always just really dumb instances of of shit like that. Uh, like I remember in the third Hobbit movie where they tried to make it look like Legolas is in peril. My bruh, <laughs> I just watched this fucker in three sequels to this. I'm uh, not gonna get afraid for Legolas's safety. Okay. Uh, as much as I like Solo, that movie drove me insane by constantly is is he gonna fall off the train? Oh God, Jeff, tell me, is he gonna fall off the train? <laughs> Like, come on! Yeah, it's it's a it's a multiverse on Solo. He can die. <laughs> I, I didn't like Solo. I kind of probably should watch it again. Man, I only watched it the one time. Was like, oh, man, Solo is like one of the most like underwhelming movies I've ever seen. It's just so fucking milk toast. I was just like, it has such an amazing cast. It was and very even, safe. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, and then I get even more pissed off over the version we could have gotten from the guys that got fired. It's just like, fuck you, Kathleen Kennedy, you fucking hack. Like, God, I hate her. I, I, for some reason, I had you in my mind as liking Solo. <laughs> I, I don't like despise it actively like some people do, but man, is it fucking generic and like just bland and safe, like he said to me. It's just like, ugh, I just, 
Maybe that would I be a good one to it. cover sometime. I should write this one down. Yeah, we we should uh, because I have had people uh, tell you why you're Twitter. wrong. <laughs> well, that happens all the time. But I've had people on Twitter say like they had the same kind of like initial kind of reaction to it, and it gets better on rewatches when you kind of like detach yourself from what you thought it could have been. You know, especially what it could have been under the other. Was it Lord and Miller that were the directors that were fired? I think it was Lord and Miller. See, also yeah. you have a lot. Um... A lot more writing on the name Star Wars than I do. So, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of used to. I, I am not as big of a Star Wars fan as like some. Like, just like look at Twitter for Christ's sake at any Star Wars hashtag, and I'm I'm you know I'm a non fan compared to some of these crazy people. But I uh, well, that's a good I do thing. I do that's I a do good like thing because Star fans yeah. of Star Wars are ruining Star Wars. Actually, they're ruining also. Star Wars. Oh my God, the shit going on with Obi Wan Kenobi right now. It's and so sad. Mos Moses uh, Ingram. Ingram is what I was wanting to say. Yeah, it's so it's so sad that like the story should be Obi Wan the show, and then like, it always gets sidetracked to some bullshit fucking Twitter thing over nonsense. Like right now, it's just so frustrating, man. It's like, can y'all just be fucking level headed <laughs> for once in your fucking life? Nope, Jesus. <laughs> no, terrible. we choose to be racist yeah. in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> Oh, universes. <laughs> the only one worse than that would probably be Star Trek. Like, I just... I, I, yeah, if, if only they cared as much about actual white supremacy in the United States as they did in the ones of, you know, <laughs> in a galaxy God. far, far away. Fucking Christ, dude. But uh, let's, let's, talk, let's get back to Tremors too. <laughs> <laughs> let's get back to good things. Yeah. Uh... So, S.S. Wilson is the director of this one. Ron Underwood, uh, instead of directing, is credited with the writing. And uh, S.S. Wilson was a co-writer on the first film, right? Yes. Yes, okay. one of the producers and co-writers. So, Brent Maddock and Wilson and Ron Underwood are writers on this one. Um, Kevin Bacon famously does not do sequels, so he did not come back. But Fred Ward... Oh, so he had just a general kind of Denzel type thing? Or he yes. just refused to do sequels. He is one of those. And then you remember him uh, in every interview he was in in like, what, 2018-ish? Like, oh, we're going to bring Tremors back. And everyone's like, excuse me? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know the movies are still going. No, no, no. We're going to bring Tremors back. I'm going to, I'm, I'm trying to bring it back so I can be in it. And like, remember that campaign just kept going on and on. And I guess yeah. there was a season of a TV show that I didn't know happened that he kept talking about, but... I think there were a couple of TV shows because I actually was going to ask you uh, when I was stumbling around IMDb, there was like a Tremors show made in like 2003 with Bert in it. Did you ever watch that? Like, I didn't even know it existed. I had no idea it existed. Yeah, because uh, that show apparently happened. And uh, if I can I, find the, it somewhere, I'll watch it. The one with uh, some of the IMDb scores for the episodes weren't bad. They were like all in like the sevens. So it's probably decent. I, 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 I can all. get a series of movies behind these monsters. I don't know. I could get a mini series. I don't know how you could continue a series. I think it was like 12 or 13 episodes. And I, I just glanced at the episode titles and they had a really cool one. The, I think the season finale for the show was called Shriek and Destroy. which is pretty cool. <laughs> I like that title. <laughs> That's better than most of the titles of like the actual sequels. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I was, yeah, I was just curious if you'd. Uh, I, I wonder if it was just one of those things that was on Sci Fi Channel at 4 a.m. and that was its run and that was it and just disappeared. Yeah, probably. I'd be curious to watch them though if I could find them anywhere. 
Yeah, you probably um, find him somewhere. Probably. But uh, yeah, we got Fred Ward, Ward back as Earl Bassett, my favorite character. Goddamn right. <laughs> um, we got Chris Garton, Garton as Grady Hoover, Helen Shaver as Kate, Michael Gross makes a return as Bert, and uh, a guy that I could never tell you anything else he's been in, though I know I've seen him in other stuff, Marcelo Tubert, I'm going to guess. I'm sure I said that correctly. Senor Ortega. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Um, I did not realize that S.S. Wilson was the narrator on the war documentary that Bert was watching. Oh, there you go. I wonder if that is... Hold on. Let me... I'm curious about S.S. Wilson, because I know that he made educational films before going into Hollywood. It's not actually, also, like, one of their documentaries, is it? <laughs> also, just crazy side note, uh, you know, like, the Trevor show I was telling you about from 2003? Yeah. It had, you know, I, I told you it had it had Burt, you know, it had Michael Gross in it. It also had Dean Norris in it, who was Hank from Breaking Bad, Christopher Lloyd, and Michael Rooker Holy all appear shit. in the Tremors show, I, which is crazy that I didn't know this thing existed. That is nuts. Yeah. Something to look into if you can find it. Yeah. The, uh, the synopsis of this one is it... Uh, Basically, an oil company hunts down Val and Earl and offers them money. We never see Val, but they allude to he's already visited Val. The first thing you hear is, I told you, there's the other one. And then he says they talked to Senior McKee, which Earl says, well, yeah, of course he wouldn't want to go. He married a good woman. Why would he want to die? So, and he was ostensibly smarter with his money than yes. poor uh, Earl was. So... We got the uh, the clue there that Val and Rhonda got married and moved on with their lives. And you can see, I love, uh, in the background, there's the National Geographic, there's People Magazine, everything they mentioned in the first one. We could be in People Magazine. Hell, yeah. National Geographic. Like, it all happened. It's all in the background. Yeah, now, there's a lot of little, like, script nods to the first movie that I think are really well done. The photo, when he holds up the photo to see if it's Earl. I mean, and it's the photo from the end of the movie that she took. Mm -hmm. um, I like that. There's a lot yeah. of great, great touches. My favorite thing about this movie, though, Jeff, is this movie did the smart thing that I always love a sequel doing when it knows that they can't just repeat the first movie or they'd be repeating the first movie. So the first half of this movie takes the concept from the first one, but just makes it a little bit more jokey, a little bit more slapstick. And then in the middle, there's a turn where it turns straight up into a horror movie again as yeah, everything when no changes. Longer, <laughs> when they when they get completely thrown out of their element. Yes. Yeah. And I, I fucking love it for that. But if you just went through this movie, tick, you could just tick off box after box of, uh, okay, that reference, you know, closes the story on something from the first one, or this was mentioned in the first one. They carried it through in the through line in this to the second one, or the thing that happened in the first one is a direct, like the consequences of the thing in the first one is in this movie. You know, I, it, it, it just refers back over and over and over to the first movie without being a wink and a nod when it does it. 
Yeah, if, without if you'd it being never like, seen, exhausting. Yeah, if you'd never seen the first movie, it goes right over your head. It does not affect this movie. If you've seen the first movie, you catch these little things here and there. The only other place I know of that does that is the MCU, referring to all the other movies because their shit's interconnected. Yeah. You know, uh, at least that's the only place I've seen it where it's done this well anyway. Yeah. Uh, it is especially like a sign of bad writing when you actually become irritated and exhausted by the amount of times. Like, hey, remember this thing we did in the first movie? Wasn't that awesome? Hey, remember this thing we had in the first movie? Oh, let's also just redo that that line, you know, quote for quote directly from the first movie. And they just like can't get out of that. Like, they, they, then they turn a, lot yeah. of, uh, a popular line into a catchphrase. Yeah. You know, um, a, a one end joke that they do keep doing again and again, it always makes me laugh anyway, but is, hi, I'm the new guy. Is he the new guy? Let me guess. That's the new guy. Like everybody keeps referring to Grady as the new guy as he's <laughs> literally the guy that replaced Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, how, I, how funny is it? Uh, my favorite detail about his little trailer thing he lives in is the fact that he didn't get any money of the proceeds from the game, but he has, he has a cabinet of cabinet. the arcade game. <laughs> I want to play that game, dude. Dude, you know, you know, someone paid like ten grand to own that arcade cabinet, right? Like some mega Tremors fan, probably named Ron, has it currently <laughs> in his garage. Uh, the royalties on that video game alone pats Earl on the shoulder. <laughs> Because like they show like because like the main the main gist of how this movie happens with Earl is that he's been incredibly, uh, just un like unfortunate with his money use and what money he did get he has <laughs> invested into an ostrich ranch. It's like yep. what when I see the ostrich ranch, I think of like the South Park profit meme. I'm just like uh, phase one, ostriches. Phase two, question mark. Phase three, profit. How is that supposed to be profitable? <laughs> it's um, so funny. Yeah, that that weird... They do so many personality quirks with their characters that tells you that these characters have some sort of history they just don't talk about. I almost wonder if he grew up on some sort of ranch or something, you know? Mm -hmm. it, it's such a, a thing out of left field. He would almost have to have experience in the thing to even think I about it. I fucking love that they always uh, hide the ostrich from the camera angle too, where you just think he's like wrangling like a stallion. And it's a fucking ostrich. Right. <laughs> You're just like, what? Well, then I blew it on goddamn Big Bird and his scrawny girlfriend. <laughs> what does he say? Like, you better hook up with Sandy or I'm going to put barbecue sauce on you by midnight or something. But I, I'm going to so, take yeah. barbecue sauce to both of you. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love Earl, dude. He's awesome. arguing with an ostrich uh, <laughs> about trying to get it to mate. So awesome. Yeah. Um, I love that uh, Michael Gross apparently has nothing better to do because the, the chemistry between Earl and Grady, it's kind of there, but kind of not. If it had just been the two of them, the whole movie, not nearly as great a film, I don't think. But then making them desperately call for help. And when the phone rings, it's Bert that answers. <laughs> oh my God, dude. I do it. Dude, if the this was in a theater the and I was there, I wonder if I was the only one that would be shouting, you know, dude, dude, when they panned and you just see the giant fucking graboid 
head mounted to the wall is one of the best things I've ever seen. Because I love that. Because of course, what else would he do? And it's just so fucking massive. It's I I love it. And we find him watching a war documentary, and the TV is in a direction where he's facing his wall of guns. Yeah, of course it is. At all times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you end up finding out uh, he's been Heather. kind of... Uh, yeah. Reva left to go make her sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> and he's been really, really down in the dumps, basically completely aimless. Uh, you know, because... <laughs> Uh, well, what is their kind of backstory they talk about is uh, because the Soviet Union is no longer a thing and, and he's no longer in a constant threat of like world war that he's depressed. Can you believe she actually blamed our problems in the collapse of the Soviet Union? <laughs> Said that I couldn't live in a world without a threat of imminent war. What kind of thing is that to say to a man? <laughs> Uh, and the fact shit. that, he, that he's just uh he's just yeah like he's because that that room with the guns is basically his like bunker too right yeah so he so he just hangs out and watches tv with his wall of guns in his fucking war bunker i love the um heather's not coming back no no she called me and told me to send her the hk91 <laughs> oh sorry bert <laughs> <laughs> All the lines that Bert has are just basically gold throughout the entire fucking movie. Like they, it's such a smart decision to bring him back. And you know, they they talk about the fact that Heather's not there. I mean, they they actually talk about it and they actually close her out. They don't do like Independence Day and kill Will Smith off screen or something. The hero oh, of the first movie. Have you know? Oh, you didn't know about that. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the uh, resurgence or whatever. That came out before the movie came out because Will Smith was like, guys, I said I was busy. Not that the answer is no forever. <laughs> like They, they oh, fucking man. killed him off screen. And That's so lame, dude. His uh, it, It's so lame, too. I just spoilers for Independence Day Resurgence. Uh, he was a test pilot, and the thing went down. The, that's, er, it? There, that's it? That's it? That's it? That's it. That's almost as annoying as uh, Alien Three offing fucking. Uh huh. Oh god. Newt. 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 And um, I'm blanking all their names as this late. But yeah, fuck that, dude. <laughs> that's a, it, like I'm not even an Independence Day guy. I'm, I'm still just like, man, that's fucking lame, dude. Yeah, it's uh, it's bad. So yeah, um, you know, they keep her in the wings, but they address the fact that she's not coming with Bert. Yeah, in, and they address the fact that uh, yeah, this smart ways for both you know Kevin Bacon's character and hers, you know, like a, they they write them out in organic ways that make sense and aren't you know <laughs> offing the main star of the franchise off screen mm -hmm. for no reason. One Fuckers. bit of comedy that keeps working though for me through the whole thing, also especially at the beginning, is when they they really do it a lot. Is the the odd couple relationship between Earl and Grady, and like it. Cause for me, the the best example of the whole thing is just oh, and if you were able to capture a live one, would give you a hundred thousand. Grady's immediate response, and he's the one that speaks first, is a hundred thousand, and Earl's is a live one. <laughs> 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 Have you ever seen one of these things? <laughs> like, yeah, I I fucking love uh, how he uses the little RC cars strap with dynamite i it's love so the way that they demonstrate that, that when they well, the way they present that the first time where it looks like it's a natural truck and the, yeah then they cut yeah yeah it's great um it reminds the... me of um 
You remember in The Last Jedi, there's like one of my favorite sequences, and it's just so random and awesome, is where it looks and sounds like it's one of the Imperial ships like landing and ends up being like a fucking iron. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. But I it's don't like remember awesome, that. I'll try to find the scene of it, but it's an awesome transition. Um, yeah, it's... Uh... There's there's a lot of in this movie that I love. I love uh everything that happened in the first movie, Earl has learned a lesson from. Mm-hmm. Like after the they blow up the first one and he just opens the umbrella and then it starts raining <laughs> debris. Love that. And great he's like, Told you. I forgot. <laughs> and then later he has he has like on installed on his truck a little like divot where he can mount the umbrella where he sits in the back bed of the truck is really cool <laughs> yeah later it's uh bracket screwed into you can tell that they're refining yeah. the process as the movie goes right mm-hmm. but the thing that i have never been able to fully imagine like if this was a real creature and you're following one and you just turn a corner and it's right there and it comes down on top of your truck <laughs> like, oh yeah how terrifying would that be yeah you know and i love, I, that I they, love when they do the le- like that's a legit reason to panic too. That's a legit reason to wreck your truck. Like they mm-hmm. they create uh, the thing you're talking about with like creating false tension earlier in the movie where you think their truck's wrecked, but no, he kicks a couple of tires and says no truck's fine, and then he wrecks the fuck out of the truck later because that that front wheel is per- parallel with the ground instead of perpendicular. <laughs> like it's, it's supposed to be. It's fine. And then you know the it's first fine. thing he says is ah, how can I do that? So yeah, yeah. I also love when the uh, the chain they basically get dragged around by the chain. They have it sold in the back <laughs> oh, of the truck. Oh no, he is... snagged the chain. <laughs> <laughs> that sequence is awesome. Rock, he's going under it. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I almost wonder because I also had that thought you had mentioned about how like how the movie would look like if it was just beginning with with Earl and Bert. Because like I I, I think uh, one of the reasons I like the first movie better than the second one is the uh, the first like forty five minutes or so while they have like fun sequences I just am not as big of a fan of Grady's character as I was the chemistry that Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward had they had such so it, great chemistry on screen they have such good chemistry that it's almost you know it's obviously under, like that and they almost you know make it as part of the plot about how they're all kind of bashing on the new guy. But, you know, I, I can't help but just think back to how awesome the first, like, like the first half of Tremors 1, I think, is dramatically better than the first half of Tremors 2. And that makes it kind of like, uh, as a whole, not work as well. But the second half of Tremors 2 is fucking awesome. <laughs> when, when the shit hits the fan, it gets, it gets amazing. The one thing that I was going to say the entire franchise, but I haven't seen the seventh one. But even the sixth one, for all of its faults, the the thing that every single movie in the franchise has in common that... I have to give them credit for is they've never lost the focus of the movie, which is the best thing about the movie. And that is the characters. Every movie focuses more on the characters than it does. The monsters, the monsters are the circumstance, right? Um, It's like jaws. That's like taking like the jaws approach where it's like, you know, like you're going to have entire, like the most, some of the most like gripping sequences in jaws are just three dudes talking because they're interesting characters and they actually don't involve the shark. Right. And that's, that's smart because like, that's like the first thing in horror is you need to make your character either likable or relatable because if the, if the audience doesn't give a shit about the character, they don't give a shit that they're in peril. So you have to create, it's like, 
that's why they do such a, a great job establishing like what happened with Fred Ward, you know, in between the first and second movies, you know, like really fleshing out his character and his choices and what leads him to the circumstances, uh, the circumstances again, you know? Yeah. The, uh, the first movie is even about the effects that these land sharks are having on a small town. Right. Yeah. Uh, just like Jaws. And then the, the sequel to this one, unlike the sequel to Jaws is what <laughs> if we were paid to go hunt these things for a living? You know, what if we were all Quinn from Jaws? Yeah. Um uh, Yeah, it's uh it's a pretty smart smart reason to bring your characters back cuz I mean, you eradicated them. You had four, you killed them. I mean, you could always bring back in more, but then you're just rehashing the first movie. So, I always love the vehicle of what would someone else do if they're having this problem? Well, they may or may not be experts, but they experienced this thing and they lived through it. Let's find Val and Earl. <laughs> You know, exactly. and then what happens when Earl's over his head? He calls Bert. So yeah, because the only people that have ever killed one of these things that we know of is those three people: Val, Earl, and Bert. Yep. So yeah, it's, and they're it's, famous by this point. Like we talked about, like they're all over the news. Like they're like basically Grady is a fanboy of them all. The uh, the character arc that my uh, Michael Gross has as Bert through the first movie to what I assume is current is pretty great because you saw him with the camcorder and the remote control in this one mm -hmm. that turns into a full fledged film crew following him around eventually making like documentaries. And he has like a survivalist TV show. And then that wanes as the other movies go on and he's back to the camcorder. <laughs> so nice. you watch him like go full circle, riding the wave of being a celebrity and then no one caring anymore. And him having to, like that's now his career and that's now the thing he lives for and he's trying to keep it going desperately. Yeah. Um it, it's pretty great. But yeah, I love yeah, he just keeps hitting the remote, speaking directly into the camera, and then hitting the remote again, and then he does it again. He's like, side note <laughs> continues <laughs> and then turns it off. But he's like narrating like he's making one of the war documentaries he watches. Yeah. Oh, and the detail that his RC is a tank. Come on. <laughs> i fucking love uh when he first pulls up with that goddamn it, it, it's like it, he's he setting off like all the, the seismographs uh, yeah like they think he's a fucking grab boy because of how huge his truck is full of nothing but explosives basically and like a few guns <laughs> i love that they do that joke again and the second time it's all right, Bert lived, and then or they they didn't get him, and then it cuts to the truck just in shreds and covered in gore, <laughs> and then back, it cuts back to them. I think they did. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're gonna rehash a joke, like that one's worthy of it. Yeah. Oh man, because again pretty, they're just like, what now? And it's Bert. Pretty much every single thing with Bert is just gold. It's because he's he's great in the first movie, but he's even better in this one because they really, really they realize what in. they had and they let him do yeah. his thing. They cut him yeah, they, loose. They really dive in and just let him be Bert. Uh, and man, <laughs> that scene when he gets off of the truck. <laughs> I feel I was denied. Critical <laughs> need to know information. <laughs> Sorry, oh, Bert. They, they they just changed. <laughs> Uh, I love, okay, one of the best lines in the movie starts before Bert shows up the second time. And they're like, okay, so th there can't be more 
than two dozen of these things. And one of the first things Bert says when he's telling his story, must have been a couple of dozen of them. <laughs> they all attacked him because he had yeah. this fucking huge-ass truck just radiating all kinds of heat sources, all kinds of lights, the engine, him. Like, so, yeah. Yeah. All two dozen kept- of them attacked him. Yeah, he kept adding to it by, like, turning on that, like, uh, that, that, tr- the light he had in the truck to yeah. further adding to it. That he kept, he kept, like, <laughs> flicking the light on to, like, do parts of his, uh, recording and flipping it off. Oh, there must have been a couple of dozen of them. Luckily, most of them was in front of the truck, so I popped it in the six wheel and just ran them over. The ones that got on board, I handled with a combination of small arms fire and hand to hand techniques. That's the movie I want to see. <laughs> I want to see Bert just grabbing them by their jaws and twisting their heads. He's like, it's like fucking John wicking them. Yes. Yeah. Pistol whipping them right in the like heat sensor. Yeah. Uh, I am completely out of ammo. This <laughs> never happened to me before. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's funny. He he has all the supplies in the world to handle the graboids, but he he has like just a few clips of what he needs to be able to fight the uh, the shriekers. And he calls that out. Yeah, he, he calls it out he, later like, and saying yeah, like it's he, their fault that he wasn't properly prepared. Yeah, it's like all he had was like what, like a nine millimeter pistol and a few magazines. I think he talks about. Yeah, it, it, that's like all he had. Which is another thing uh, too. In the first movie, he was quick to blame everything on Earl and Val when they literally know just as much that's going on as him. And again, as soon as things go awry, he blames Earl and Grady and Kate. And starts talking about how if they had given him information he needed, he could have been properly equipped. They know as much as he does. He knows as much as they do. Well, <laughs> yeah. You know, but... He's just he's just a stubborn asshole about it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I fucking love that combination of small arms fire hand to hand technique. Because <laughs> the way he, he talks... Like a fucking guns and ammo magazine. And it's just so good. It's It's so perfect. I fucking love it. He talks so artificially like like he's the smartest guy in the room but he's not that that type he, of character. He, yeah, but and it's and it's all it's it's like hard to like pin how to explain it, but it's so textbook the way he explains shit that it's like inhumanly well, it, textbook in the well, way he the talks. Thing. He never wears anything that shows he's a veteran. He never talks about being in the military. Everything he knows and says is from the shit he sees on TV and the shit that he (laughs) reads. Yep. Like, we've never seen any... I mean, if there was gonna... If he had any kind of service, right, his bunker would have had it. It would have been in the background somewhere. He's not a military man. He's a gun nut. Yeah, he's just he's just a fucking you know guns and guns and explosive nerd. Pretty yeah, much. he's basically a nerd yeah. for like war stuff and military history, and yep. he just repeats what he's heard and what he's read, and that's the way he talks. And I love it. I love him for it. I would yeah, hate he, him in real life. I'd fucking hate him. But he's a genius character for this franchise. Yes, and he he and literally then, drives the entire franchise from the second one on. Well, really, from the first one on. Yeah, because he's you know one of the because the movie is the good until he shows up and it becomes great. Yeah, and it's just that combination of like the the second half of the first movie, and, and that lack kind of, of experience shows. By the way, because he's the tactical expert guy, he's the guy with all, he's the man with the plan. But Earl's the one that keeps thinking on his feet in every movie, right? Like, yeah, yeah uh, he's the one like that can the, improvise. 
uh, like when he heats up the article of clothing and sends it along the clothesline is really cool. Yeah, and he soaks Fucking it in the hot water and he keeps burning yeah. himself trying to clip it to the clothesline. And spraying him with like the uh, fire extinguisher to cool him down so he can run into the room with all the uh, shriekers is really cool. Oh, let's also talk about like uh, the practical effects of like uh, when, the, when the shriekers are practical are awesome. Dude, the shriekers they're, are fucking terrifying. They're they're a great design. I, I like how they are just like a little like bi bipedal, just like a scaled down version. Yeah. Of the original ones. And uh, like that whole fucking appendage they have on their head that ends up being like the uh it's the, creepy the sensor it's creepy yeah and and like they just look so slimy and gross they've got like the like the lord zed brain throbbing going on yeah yeah uh yeah they're the, a cool design that sound design on them the noises they make are so unsettling they sound like a zombie horde and it's like one or two of them you yeah, know? and then they also I, like. I'd be curious to see like what went into the audio mix of them because they also have moments where they almost have like, like Rottweiler barks to them, and it's like a combination of just weird that shit. That one little like that they do, you know, when yeah. they're just kind of milling about. Yeah, um, they're they're sound effects, and are, yet uh, ironically, good. they're deaf. Like, mm -hmm. the sound doesn't matter. They make noise, but it doesn't matter. They don't even know that they're emitting this terrible shrieking sound. You know, it's mm -hmm. uh, it's body heat. They release a lot of heat when they scream. And everybody sees it as a smoke signal in the sky, basically. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a cool, like, evolution to how they need to handle the problem. Because the, the, it is cool that, like, it, like a frustrating thing that happens with sequels, especially with horror sequels, it's where it's like the characters forget how they took care of problems before. Right. You, know, you alluded to this a little bit, but like the fact that they, they have it figured out, they have it down to a science for, you know, like until they start to get a little bit smarter. But then when they, they fully evolve, you know, they're out of their element again and you know, shit, it's the fame that then they had to figure out how to attack the problem again. Lassoing a stick of dynamite on the end of a rope to go fishing turned into RC remote control car and dynamite with remote detonation. Like yep. that is the perfect evolution for the characters, the experienced characters, right? Uh, Grady being the greenhorn keeps getting on the ground or else he keep yelling at him and get off the ground and stuff as the, the thing goes on. I love when it eats the radio and <laughs> they hear the, the radio, radio on the back. ground. <laughs> When you hear the just like the muffled sound of the radio come back, and you're just like, "Oh shit, dude!" Now this is the probably the first time I ever saw that joke, but it never fails to make me laugh. And I don't know if it's my love for this movie or what, but like Jurassic Park three does it, and like there's a ton of movies that do that same joke over and over. Oh again. yeah, I forgot what that is. It's like the Nokia phone. Yeah, it's the uh, the satellite yeah. phone. Yeah um yeah there's a lot there's a several movies that do that uh, same that similar joke but this is probably the first place i saw it and it never fails to uh, make me laugh it's it's simple but effective right i just after the chain breaks and you just hear it go away into the distance until it quits <laughs> like it's hey i know that song and then it bursts out of the ground next to him yeah <laughs> it's very oh. reminiscent in a way of uh Where's the goddamn golden oldie coming from, right? Yeah, yeah. Also, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when uh, <laughs> Bert, all badass, shoots the fucking ultra cannon gun. Oh, just dude, and the window in the background shatters. 
Yeah, and then just to have it end up shooting the fucking truck they're trying to get to is so funny. <laughs> and he just gets so... Because he... It, like, it happens a lot where he has this thing happens where he's like, he's such a badass, but because of shit that he doesn't know about, like, because, like, he he shoots the thing with, the, like, the, the fucking... <laughs> The, the uber elephant gun thing with like the anti-tank rounds from designed from world war one and shit takes out the truck they need you know he corrals all the fucking treakers into the uh warehouse thing where the food's at you know? <laughs> yeah and he's like he's like he's like trying uh, but it just ends up being shit that he wasn't aware of it fucks them over yeah he's uh when it comes to him trying to think on his feet it never works out for him whereas earl somehow can't be touched right mm. Yeah, it, it's an interesting. Uh, he just keeps getting frustrated over and over again. I love that scene though. The thing that makes that scene even better, uh, just even sweeter, is how cocky is he as he's like putting the earplugs in, he's pulling the bullet out of his jacket pocket and sticking it in the gun, and just like you know, what's the range? And hundred yards at least, and that's a hell of a shot. And he's like, uh huh, and like pulls the kickstands down like my moment has arrived right <laughs> and then he fires that <laughs> shatters the window and that thing explodes it gets bifurcated and it Dude, just explodes you see, everywhere when you see the hole it made in the brick yes it's fucking insane do you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of johnny dangerously when like that's not a gun that's a cannon he's like uh-huh this will shoot through armor and the car and the house, and he just keeps listing yeah. what the gun will shoot through. <laughs> oh, fucking Joe Piscopo, dude. Um, yeah, it, they show it go. I love how the the characters are making the sneaky little dash for the truck, but the camera's not focusing on them, right? It focuses on mm -hmm. the bullet hole in the brick, and then the oil drum, and you hear, Jesus, Bert. And then it goes through, you see it, the entry wound in the shed, the exit wound from the shed, what like another oil drum and then finally the front quarter panel of the truck and you just hear oh pop the hood and he just sinks like you just see his <laughs> shoulders slump yeah and his catchphrase for every movie from this one on becomes well, i didn't know how could i have known <laughs> yeah it's so good oh man it and then it seems like he saved the day, like you said. And then <laughs> sweet snack food, rice flour. I didn't know. How could I know? <laughs> and you just hear oh, them. Dude. I love they're celebrating. And they just hear them start shrieking one after another. They find yeah. something to eat. <laughs> dude, how terrifying is that? Like when you find out that they eat to reproduce. And like Bert says, it's like, and she says, you know, one makes two, two makes four, four makes eight. It's exponential. Bert's reaction is hell. That uh, that gives them quite an edge. Yeah, that's that's basically the end of the world. Yeah, that's the zombie <laughs> they, apocalypse. They never talk about it, but like the stakes of this one in particular, because of how they would reproduce. Like, if even like like two of those things gets out, if one, that's the end. Of the, that's the that's the end of the human species. <laughs> so like, it's just over. Which. I think they flat out say it in Tremors 3 or like 5 or on or something. But somewhere they say that they're the reason the dinosaurs went extinct. Like, we we find out in this one they're older than dinosaurs. Is it Precambrian? Is that what they keep yeah. saying? Yeah, Precambrian life forms. <laughs> you know, Grady, some people say I'm overprepared. <laughs> Paranoid. Maybe even a little crazy. They never met. Ah, 
they had never met uh, any Precambrian life forms, did they? <laughs> oh man, it's great, dude. That explosion at the end of the movie when he just keeps telling him to run. And remember, they go hide behind that shed. He's like, no, 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 no. Keep running. It's going to be big. <laughs> when that thing goes <laughs> oh, yeah. off and you see the shed they were hiding behind explode with it. Dude, that explosion looks like a fucking Mythbusters episode. It's right? fucking crazy. It's going to uh, be big. Is it going to be and, today? <laughs> and yeah, I love that bit where they're all standing behind the, the half building wall thing like you're talking about. And you just see Bird just keep on trucking. <laughs> How great is it the first time you see that building under construction, though? When Grady, everyone just follows Grady after it, and Kate's desperately yelling at them not to go that way. And then they open the door. This isn't going to work. And then it zooms out. Shit. <laughs> yeah. It looked like a goddamn building to me. Yeah, and then like the footage of like they have to capture that fucking explosion. What it looks like? It looks like one of the war documentaries. It that, really does. That Bert was watching just because of how they had to film it. Because holy shit, that explosion! We kind of blew up the refinery though. Oh, that's just part of the job. <laughs> <laughs> we should charge it for all the little ones too. <laughs> oh oh god. god, this movie's so so good. It's really, it's really uh. It's. I think it's a little bit slowly paced in the first like forty five minutes, just to, just a hair. But like once the uh, the turn once happens, the, once, once the turn happens, and once once Bert's there, it it picks up a lot, and it's just a lot of fun. Because I I think uh, I I think this movie might be more fun than the first one, but I think the first one is just a better film, and it had every reason to be. Like they had a bigger budget. It was an original thing. It's always harder to make a sequel, you know, right. to be able to kind of continue it. And I so, think, and like, uh, I think I read that they online. used their uh, their budget smartly because, like, in the first movie, they literally paved a whole road in the middle of the desert. They built a whole town. They built that really awesome uh, roof I told you about that collapses and like looks like water when it yeah. moves. And then they can literally just almost flip a switch to reset it for another take and do it again and again and again. And they had to build the puppets. They had to build everything. This one, okay, so we don't have the money. What do we, where, where do we allocate it, right? Well, it needs to be in the monsters. That's a given. It needs to be in the effects. That's a given. What do we got left? Well, I guess we'll put it in an open field out in Mexico. You know, yep. like they, you could tell that the movie didn't have that big a budget, but they did their best to make sure the movie didn't suffer from lack of budget, right? Yeah. And that's, and the CGI that's effects really are, good planning. Yeah, it's really well thought out and, and planned and everything. And the, the CGI is, like, glaringly bad, but you can forgive it because it, it was a fucking directed DVD movie made in 1996. You know, like, that. what, what are they supposed to do? Like, it's going to be bad. Right. But, like, I'm just so glad that they did make at least, like, you know, like a couple or three or so. I'm just of so glad the, they made seven of these. <laughs> Of the, I'm so glad that they did make practical working shriekers. That way, they, you know, it, it would have been a bummer if they were CGI the entire time. But since they got to continue their trend of, you mean like having... the ass blasters? Yeah, they were bummer. CGI the entire time. I don't think they had a single puppet. Yeah, that's when you've kind of like lost yourself in your relation to the franchise. You know, because I think the, uh, especially in the first one and with 
big segments of the second one is like the special effects are like part of like the heart and soul of the movie i'd say yes yeah monster movies basically kind of live and die in the effects because if your effects are so terrible that the audience is laughing at them you've lost your whole movie yep you know and if your creature concept same thing if it's your audience is laughing at your creature concept you've lost your entire movie you have to have a solid creature concept and it has to look great even if great means horrible or grotesque whatever it has to look great you know like the thing like the xenomorph yep the predator uh, how the fuck does Grady not know the rules of rock paper scissors? Uh, that is, okay, that <laughs> is such an insult to me, even as a kid. I it's don't know so anyone. Stupid, because like all you had to do, in, in my opinion, to like fix that whole thing is like have them do the rock paper scissors thing, but at the end, just have Grady win, and Earl not want him to get hurt, so he just like hits him upside the head and then goes in for him anyway. Oh, and then you just you mean eliminate like- that that whole thing you mean like what happened at the end of the first one yes exactly like just do that again and then it's kind of cool you know uh, you've already solved yeah. this problem now it's Earl's just do turn, it right yeah Earl, exactly right, it's it's like a cool homage but no it, like I, I get he's a new guy and he's kind of how an new is he <laughs> like, but like even fucking preschoolers know the rules of rock paper fucking is he the scissors. vision was he born yesterday <laughs> i dude i fucking hope so because how does he not know <laughs> If he's the vision, then our problem was solved as soon as he showed up. <laughs> was there a deleted scene where he's asking Earl, like, when they're hunting graboids? <laughs> Earl, do you know how babies are made? <laughs> it's like, bruh. It's like, it was such an easy fucking callback to just have him knock him out. And, and yeah, it's, it's like you said, it's Earl's turn. It's such a cool idea and cool callback, but no, they started he to understand. do it. They started to do it because Earl lost, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And dumb. (laughs) That's like my own my only complaint about the entire movie is just how fucking stupid he has to be to not (laughs) understand Rock Paper Scissors. How does he know is that just not a New York thing? Like I don't understand. Oh, it's an everywhere thing. He's he's just an idiot. Like he's just he like like you said, he was just literally fucking born yesterday because like everyone knows rock, rock, paper, scissors. Everyone does. I one of my favorite lines in the movie though. Remember when he lost rock, paper, scissors in the truck and he lost the last soda? And then when they get to the refinery, hey you guys thirsty? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I am, as he stares down Earl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh god. Like there's some really good lines from all the characters and everything, but yeah, Grady is just a, a moron. Yeah, like by the end of it. I don't hate him. I'm not, I'm not spending like the, like there are some characters, especially in horror movies. And sometimes it's even the fucking point, you know, like with Friday the 13th where the characters are so fucking irritating. You're supposed to want them to die. I never get to that point with him where I'm like actively just like, Oh, for the love of God, will the graboid please just take him out of the fucking movie. But, but when this pair of movies have such great characters, even someone like Grady is a standout. Yeah. He stands out like a sore thumb because he's just so, so like, he, he, like the, the rest of them are characters and he's just like a stereotype of a fucking idiot new guy and like they can do better than that yeah i agree and it's like and it's like if if you get to the point to where like you're looking at the script and he literally doesn't even know the rules of rock paper scissors maybe just delete him from the movie and go the route like you talked about of having it just be you know earl and bert because i'd be you know more conversations between those two awesome characters 
can only help the movie i th- yeah. I think exactly but but yeah yeah uh, i don't know i don't I don't have a whole lot else to add to that i think we pretty much covered yeah, all my it, bases it, if, this, it almost if becomes... this episode wasn't as great as the last one i mean we'd just be rehashing the first one unless we went out to a field in mexico to record yeah and it's like the it kind of works in tandem because a lot of the the heart and soul of the franchise we've already discussed with the first one because they carry it through pretty well into this one and so it's and, you know it's it's a really good sequel and someone had like I, I saw like a review on it when i was doing a little bit of uh, wikipedia diving you know someone in one of the reviews for it you know called it the best directed dvd movie ever made and i think they you know that probably, probably right not, pro- probably right because most directed dvd especially direct to dvd sequels of like monster movies and the are 90s. usually t- are yeah are usually just the fucking worst and for this movie to be as good as it is is, is really really impressive especially considering like you talked about how kind of small the budget was and the constraints and I, I i think they do a really great job continuing the characters flushing out like uh why some characters are no longer in the in, in the picture and evolving the creature itself i think it's just a good really good sequel um i uh this is interesting someone on indb says that uh they uh it says that they're precambrian but they're graboids that have nothing to eat because there is no the reason there's no fossil record in the precambrian era is cuz there was nothing alive on land to leave fossils but there's there's your potential uh sequel that you could do right there they find water based ones oh yeah you know if there was nothing on land, then they had to be eating something. They must have been eating uh, fish. Problem solved, ass blasters. There, there you go. Jesus Which Christ. Which was the... Was it the the one that you hate of these movies that we were going to be doing a special commentary of? Or was it the one six. that you hadn't seen yet? It was, it was six. It was the one that you hated, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I need, I need yeah. to watch uh, four and five. Oh, God. So we can... <laughs> I, so we can yeah i uh i can i can see myself doing that i'm just trying to imagine you sitting down all right tremors three tremors four tremors five marathon oh, no, I'm start not, <laughs> i'm not watching three again that, that ship sells <laughs> i'm not watching three again but i'll i'll, I'll check out four and five and uh, it's more burnt it is yeah yeah and uh there's a lot of really cool stuff that they do in tremors five and, and I look forward to watching the sixth one with you and watching you lose your fucking mind. Uh, I cannot I, wait. I have a feeling that's how you think it will happen. But the issues with that movie are not the issues with the characters or the creatures. It is fundamental script writing. It is fundamental oh, no. movie making. Am I going to be mad? Am I, I think right you're the you? one that's going to be pissed. I think you're the one that's going to be screaming into the microphone because... It's the incorrect camera angles. It's the incorrect editing. It's terrible script writing decisions. Terrible directorial decisions. We 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 got to do this now. It's I. It's literally just movie making one hundred and one gone wrong. It's not one of those. Uh, I mean, like I said, the, you, the characters uh... are a through line through the entire series. So I don't know. It's one of those where you're just like, how did you even get this job in the first place? Yes. Because it's just so fundamentally bad. Yeah. Whoever 
directed and edited and anyone that worked on Tremor 6 literally had a portfolio of all the movies they made as a child with their dad's camcorder is basically mm. how they got the job. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to record this because <laughs> I, I, I enjoy yelling in the microphone about something. Is that going to be our episode 100 special? <laughs> it's pretty cathartic. Yeah, we should probably do something for that. But uh, What is no, this? I, I 53? I think maybe 50... We should know something. these things. Let me, let me it check. It is going me. to be 53. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And I, I almost want to do it before 100 just because it sounds fun. Episode so 75 I get, <laughs> special. I need to, I, yeah, I need to get around to uh, watch the in-between sequels so we can get to that point to do that. But yeah. Any other final thoughts you had? No, that's, uh, that's pretty much it from me. Uh, I could see how from a technical standpoint, the first movie being uh technically a better movie and i can see liking it as a better movie but as far as a sequel goes this is such a strong movie i just i just really feel like it is up there with the first one itself you know i I love this movie it's close it it helps that it's the first one of the franchise i saw uh it's the one that was on and i was young and the like i said in the like i said last time we were here Everybody that says they had nightmares from watching Jaws, my reaction even at the young age I saw Jaws was, so I won't get in the water. Yeah, like, it didn't, it it didn't scare me. It wasn't scary to me because I don't live on the water. I don't live on the beach. Even if I did, I wouldn't be in danger of the thing in the water, not on the beach. Um, but the idea that something like Jaws can exist. And just walking to my car, I can disappear underground and no one would ever know what happened to me. Like, that scared me a lot more as a child than Jaws ever did. And I'm not saying anything against Jaws, by the way. I think Jaws is a fucking great movie and a great Jaws is like a masterpiece. Jaws is one of the few, like, perfect films to me. Yes. But uh, the, the, the thing that's scary about Jaws is almost like more of like an elemental thing where it's like, yeah, technically... It's I'm a primal probably... thing. It's like a primal elemental like thing that can scare you because it's just like the lack of control. Like right. if you you're, if, you're like, literally if you... out of your element, you're in the water. Yeah, and we are a land creature. And then like especially for someone like me that can't swim very well, it just like and, and I watched Jaws uh, at a really, really young age to where it did kind of fuck with me up, you know, a little bit. You know, it's like to this you day, don't I'm show still... Jaws to children. <laughs> I mean, my parents did. My parents. I uh... turned out. OK, asterisk. But yeah, I, I was fucked up pretty good. Like I'm to this day, I'm still pretty terrified of sharks. Like the the idea, even like being in like shallow water with a little shark freaks me out. Let alone like the idea of being like next to like one of the fucking great whites is pretty terrifying. If you like, it's, how do you it's handle not, the it's aquarium? Not a likely, <laughs> uh, it, it makes me like I, I I'm always like excited to like go look at them, but at, at like at my very core. There's a little twinge of like unsettling, you know. Because for the folks at home that don't know, at the Oklahoma Aquarium, you walk underneath the shark tank. They're swimming all around you. They're above you. They're all. They're to your side. They're swimming just all around you. You just you literally walk through their tank. Yeah, and we just uh, went there a couple weeks ago. uh, Checked it out again, and it's like I still feel that little twinge of uh, it's fucking terrifying. Like a doll's eyes. Yeah. For $500, I'll find him. For $1,000, I'll kill him. 
You know what? Maybe that should be our 100th celebration. Maybe we should do Jaws when we get there. We should, because I fucking love that movie. And it's so good. It's like the literally the first summer blockbuster ever made. The term blockbuster was coined because of the reaction to Jaws. Um, But as a franchise, the franchise is not good. I don't think we would ever cover it in the summer. I don't think we would ever think to cover it in the winter. Uh, I was trying to think of a good time to bring up Jaws on this show. Maybe that should be our 100. Maybe we should watch Jaws and record a commentary track to it. That'd be fun. I think that would it needs, be it needs, a great one. It needs to be covered because... It, and it's just like when you hear like the, the shit storms that happen during the production of it, like the shark not working, ending up making the movie like even better is interesting. Like the fact that the fucking crew hated each other. Yeah, <laughs> the cast it, hated each other. Created, Everyone fucking hated each other. And it created a whole new filming technique because they had a shark. They had a mechanical shark. That never worked. So they had to improvise by dropping the camera in the water and giving you first-person shark vision. And, you know, movies like Tremors emulate that. Yeah, and that concept of, that like, was less out is of more... That was desperation. That less is more concept, without it, you don't get Alien. And then yeah. without Alien, you don't get, like, like how influential fucking uh, Ridley Scott's Alien is compared to, like... 95 percent of horror that would happen after it and yeah it's like the domino the effect that happens yeah like the, the thing too like the, the domino effect that happens if jaws isn't the way jaws is is interesting to think about so, and yeah, it's because be... bruce wouldn't work bruce wouldn't fucking work yep do do you know why it's called bruce by the way I do not steven spielberg hated that mechanical shark as much as he hated his lawyer and his lawyer's name is bruce <laughs> so he that named the shark bruce I love that. And if you've ever watched Finding Nemo and wondered why the shark in the middle, the great white, his name is Bruce, is he's homage to Jaws. There you go. And now we've come full circle. We've shoehorned in The Thing and Alien like three times. We did a mini commentary on Jaws during the Land Shark movie uh, episode. So As you do. I think I think we've about covered all our bases here. This seems like a quick episode without an email. Oh, sorry. Uh, Dark Souls, Dark Souls, Bloodborne. Elden uh, yeah, Ring. Yeah, yeah, Elden Ring. Uh, uh, Demon Lovecraft. Souls, Bloodborne. Lovecraft. Um, uh, Marry Me, Lady Maria. Why are you stabbing I mentioned, me to death? I mentioned South Park, so that we got that one That's out of the true. way. Uh, Futurama, Family Guy. Those are kind of like all the like go-to quotes that we do. So Jeff. Yeah, there you go. Jeff. It happened. Yes. What? Chris and I started watching Futurama. She is the one that turned it on. Oh, God. It's all new to her. She's never seen it before. She's never seen Futurama? No. She, she, uh, what's the what? actress, uh, Katie Seagal? She, yeah, it's Leela. He, she hates her voice. Uh, so she's never seen an episode. She, first off, she used to think like Family Guy, Futurama, all that stuff is just stupid and stayed away from it all to begin with. Mm-hmm. She's never really watched The Simpsons, Family Guy, any of it. Um, she doesn't get South Park. Um, but she's gotten, as you and I have talked about the potential of doing a Futurama episode, or um, sorry, Futurama podcast, uh, she has gotten more and more interested in Futurama because what happened is I looked up clips while we were trying to think of a name. I looked up clips on YouTube and now YouTube just feeds them up to me. So nice. I'll occasionally watch them and she's in the room when I do. So last night we watched the first three episodes of Futurama. What'd she think? Did she like it? 
She likes it. She's in. Nice. I don't know that she's all in. So I'm, I'm, I might I might feathering the gas pedal a little bit, but <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot of seasons of that show. There's ten on Hulu. I don't know how many there are. Yeah, but yeah, and were, and were there like movies as well? There's like a couple like movies in there, kind of like at the Comedy cen- Central era, I think. Yeah, I think they're part of the seasons. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure they're gotcha. part of the seasons because I remember Christina saying that, and I was like, I never knew that. And when I looked them up, I'm like, well, that was like. A two or three part episode in whatever season I remember that, so I think I think they're in the season, broken up. Pulled a Dragon Ball like Dragon Ball Super does that a lot, where like the movies are just kind of like a smorgasbord of episodes smushed uh-huh. together, just like the whole town of perfection. Yep. And uh, now we've done it. Now we've literally uh, now full we've circle. it full circle twice. Now <laughs> uh, we're good to go. Uh, if you would like to follow the show more, you can always follow us over on Twitter at SPR Filmcast for all of our show updates. Any ratings or reviews that you can give to us on whatever whichever platform, uh, including Stitcher now. Ta-da. Ta-da. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, you can always do that. Help out the show. Uh, sharing us out to a friend. Screenplayrewind at gmail.com. Yeah, if you have any questions. We didn't have any prompts, but we typically open up the episode with like a prompt, just a general... Could be about fucking anything. Ryan and I will talk about fucking anything. Yeah, it can be. Any questions? It can be reactions to the movies we've watched. You know, did you watch Tremors two? What did you yeah. think of it? Yeah, you know, it can did, be anything. Did, did, yeah, what like what's uh what's your take on <laughs> what is the worst Tremor sequel after three? <laughs> <laughs> we don't what, we don't we don't kink shame. The, uh, if you hate a movie, write in and tell us why you hated it. Yeah, do it. Uh, so is. Is the six trimmers the one that you hate the most, or do you just like three the most? Oh, I hate six with a burning passion. Okay, I'm not I, even more. I have one. I have made it my personal mission to tell everyone about what a bad movie that is. I remember, like, when I first heard you just I'm on a about how bad. It, I think like, I was I remember, live texting you if I reply if I recall. I think I was I, I live think, texting you as I watched it. And it has one of the best names. It takes place in Antarctica, and it's called Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell. It's pretty good. That's pretty good. I was was all in. I'm in for Antarctica movies. Not as good as Shriek and Destroy. Not as good as Shriek and Destroy, no. Oh, did you see I I texted you the link to the show? I was correct. It was a sci-fi show. (laughs) Nice. It was a sci-fi show for 2003 that I am interested in watching now. Like I will probably try to check that out. I'll 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 try to find it somewhere. I'll probably watch uh, four and five first, just in case they have like tie-ins. But I honestly don't know if it's like its own separate thing. It's kind of, you know, like uh, like what they eventually did with like um, what was it, Terminator, where they just kind of like just don't 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 worry about those like later sequels. They didn't happen. They just kind of like brush them under the fucking rug. Like I wonder if they did that. But I really the beauty know. of time travel and the fact that the story now is that time travel has fucked up the timeline. Is that those movies did happen and did exist, but mm-hmm. don't have to. Like it yep. doesn't matter how much you pretend to ignore it; they still fit right in with your timeline perfectly. Yep, because you your story is your timeline is now we fucked up the timeline, and oh, oops, these sequels didn't happen. No, they did. They're just another timeline. Time yep. travel, gotta love it. Time travel dot text. There you go. What and is the, our next movie, Jeff? Yeah, what all we, we have left to do is talk about our next film. So I believe we talked about I Am Picking the Next Two. And I know what the first one's going to be. I don't know what the second one's going to be. But our first one of my next two that I'm picking 
uh, going back to roots a little bit of me introducing you to something that I don't think you've seen. Have you seen Oculus? Is that the uh, Doctor Who chick? No. Yes. Yes. You have seen Oculus. Uh, no. Oh, but you, but you're familiar with it. Okay, that is the next pick. Because I have been wanting to get. I have been wanting to get a yeah, Mike Karen Flanagan. Gillen. Yeah, no, I have not seen this movie. I have been wanting to get a Mike Flanagan movie on this show for a long time, and it's a shame I haven't done it until now. But I fucking love Mike Flanagan. He's the director. This was his first, uh, I think it was his second feature-length movie. Uh, Mike Flanagan uh, has recently kind of popped up as a big horror director over the last few years and was my one of, like one of my absolute favorites. Like I think my favorite horror directors ongoing right now are between Mike Flanagan and the dude that made the lighthouse and uh which we still need to the see witch. the northman by the way yeah i need i need to see that desperately i'm just waiting for it to become like at the cheaper rental price instead of like the fucking like 1999 purchase price maybe we should but, make uh, an Mike, event of that maybe you should uh you and aurora should come over and we'll watch it yeah definitely but uh mike flanagan his career really really took off uh because he was the main director and creator of the haunting of hill house uh, series okay. from a few years ago that is one of my absolute favorite TV shows like ever made. It's fucking genius. Uh, I don't think also directed... I watched it, but I remember Netflix tried real hard to get me to. It's so good. Uh, but he also directed uh, Gerald's Game, Doctor Sleep, uh, Midnight Mass was was another really good show that he Ger- did with Netflix. Gerald's Game is a uh, Bruce Greenwood, right? Yes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I haven't seen that one either, but that's it's another one good. Netflix tried very hard to get me to. It's it's very good, uh, but. Uh, Oculus is one that is really, really up our alley, especially for what we like out of horror, and uh, I think it'll be a fun episode to talk about. Man, supernatural horror is the one that really skeezes me out, man. It's the one that really freaks me out, because I I guess the Bible background growing up in, in private Christian schools and stuff. And yeah, there, there, there's some, like, one thing that, like, Mike Flanagan is one of the few directors who can actually, like, scare me. Because usually I'm just like fucking numb to all horror, and it's well, like that's Mike because Flanagan, you're dead inside because it's 2022. Uh, absolutely, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you hit the nail on the Topical, head. <laughs> topical. But yeah, it's it's like it's like Mike Flanagan and like Ari Aster who are actually able. Hey, to, why like, don't you put on this me. topical ointment to try to cover <laughs> those wounds internally? <laughs> uh. And I'm just fact-checking where it is viewable. I believe it is on Hulu, and I want to say it was also on Amazon Prime uh, viewing. Let me see. Yes, it is available for streaming on Prime Video and Hulu. If you have either of those, it is accessible. It's Oculus 2013. Now, is it after this movie that Karen Gillan, she wrote and directed and starred anything shortly after this, right? Uh, She definitely directed and starred in a horror short film that i've seen that she put on youtube a few years ago i don't know if she has made a feature length thing uh, yeah but she should because she's really good like uh did you ever watch the uh short film uh-uh. she, she made uh on youtube it was very good i'll uh oh my god i forgot she's in stuber is she in stuber who is she in stuber i forget sarah morris is the name uh i don't know who that is oh is she the oh she's one of the cops is she one of the cops i man i, I love super but i can't remember i, I think she's like one of the cops or one of the fbi agents or like his partner dave bautista's partner or something gotcha i don't remember we need to get that on the show because everybody hates that movie and that movie is so good 
they are incorrect because Stuber is fucking great. <laughs> the <Yes>. propane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blind again. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I think the only time in the last several years a movie has gotten me to laugh as hard as I did at a couple of jokes in Stuber was the nice guys. I just remember like a few, there's a few sequences <laughs> in the nice guys and a few sequences in Stuber that you and I just lost our shit in the theater. Just like, just dying dude uh but yeah uh in a couple weeks checking out oculus i'm excited i have seen this a couple times really dig it excited to kind of dive into it and there's a there's an interesting background uh to the production of it as well because it's like a recreation of mike flanagan's uh short film of the same concept that they ended up kind of like getting him like a name and kind of like got his foot in the door and they ended up being able to kind of expound it into a feature-length movie it's pretty cool nice so yep yeah i'm and uh, i'm looking at her imdb i i think i i don't know what it was i'm thinking of but i think i always thought oculus was the one uh um, oh, that she directed yeah I, uh, it's it's definitely not i can't i can't figure out which one it was i was thinking of but i got that mixed up with something else the uh hoarding was her short film that i watched that people should check out uh a lot of the same, like, uh, I, I think she was very influenced by, uh, the, like, the tone of Oculus and the kind of, like, directing techniques that he uses. Decided she liked a, that. And decided she liked it a lot because, like, the tone of that short film is very similar to kind of the, like, kind of dread and slow-paced kind of, like, uh, just really, really intense, you know, like, we're not focusing on the the horror like gore part part of it it's just like a slow burn suspense fueled type of horror that i think she kind of gravitated towards because like i could totally see that nice uh but yeah uh thanks again for listening and y'all have a good night